Son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's gonna do it? You? You, Lieutenant Weinberg? You can't handle the truth! The truth. Sometimes it is massaged, sometimes it is bent, sometimes it is simply lost. Nowhere more so than Australian Rules Football, where there are more officially accredited journalists covering AFL footy than Australia's Parliament. Hope, however, is not lost, for there are those who choose fact over fiction almost every time. They are the unlikely, they are the uncommentators, and not surprisingly, they are the unaccredited. Who are they? They are the last line of defence. My name is Glenn Manton and joining me across the fullback line of truth are the Nelson twins, Chris and Justin. Gentlemen. Glenn, how are you, mate? You can see from that intro, I'm pumped up. Yeah. We're I'm all pumped up. Pumped up. Yeah. What's got you pumped up? Because we're at Armin's Cafe here, Mes uh, Mes, Ferguson Street, Williamstown. God, gentlemen, gentlemen, please. It's been a big week in footy, dare I say that. Don't say it. I won't say it. Oh, who should we leave that to? Hachi. Leave the it to newest Hutchie. member of the footy show. Hasn't he made a difference already? Made an impact. Dead uh, eyes. Craig I wouldn't Hutchison. know. I, I haven't seen it yet this year. Well, he G-Man. hasn't seen it either because his eyes are dead. <laughs> <laughs> now, gentlemen, we're always pressed for time and our listeners like it short and sweet, just like our sex lives. But let's see if we can fit in a couple of mailbag questions at the back end of the podcast. I've got a funny feeling that we might hear from Gary from Hopper's Crossing again this week. Yes, indeed. Now, gentlemen, let's look at the matchups this week. This is the sixth read. This is the last line of defence for the sixth week. So let's have a look how it reads from the back pocket. Our matchups this week. C. Nelson, who are you tackling? Uh, as always, I'm not just taking on one opponent. I'm taking on two. <laughs> the menage a trois. Yes, that's correct. I've got Nathan Buckley and Ken Hinckley. Well, how, can I interrupt you? How would yes. that work out if that was a menage a trois? How would you sort of with Nathan Buckley and, and Ken, Ken Hinkley. Oh, jeez, I don't know where I'd sit in that. I think you'd be spit-roasted <laughs> to the shithouse. <laughs> Moving forward, G Manton, fullback. I'm going to take on pre-season posturing, and by that I mean all the discussion that goes on pre-season. Is your team up? Is it down? We'll throw that around, gentlemen. And Jay Nelson in the other back pocket, coming off Christopher, what I think last week was one of his most well-prepared for games. Yes. Even though it didn't translate to great success for him tonight, he's got no articles in front of him, nothing. He's bare. <laughs> he's looking as prepared as I've ever seen him, and he's awake too. He's yeah. awake, which is a benefit. Hey, Jay Nelson, who who I want to know who you're playing on. Yeah, who right. is it? Enough giving me shit. Let's find out who I'm playing on. I'm playing on free agency. Free agency? Yes. What does that mean? Wow, look, we're going to do a free agency review here, boys. I don't think it's been done, so we're oh, going to do it for yeah. the first time ever on the last line of defence. I, I don't it. know how you were doing free agency without 100 Herald Sun newspapers <laughs> in front of you. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to this, Glenn. I'm looking forward to it too. I think it's time to sound the siren. And now look at opponent number one, back pocket, Nelson versus Buckley Hinkley. Christopher. All right, so we've got two coaches under the pump this year. If they don't perform, they are gone, Glenn. They're gone. Absolutely gone. Right, we'll start with Nathan Buckley. Now, love him or hate him, he's the coach of the Collingwood Footy Club. He took over from Mick Malthouse in 2012. He's been at the helm for five seasons. He's under the pump. Is he wearing the captain's hat at the helm? Well, he is, yes. Buckley is certainly the man there. But uh, he took over five years ago and uh, 
they made the finals the first two years, but his last three years have been mm. 11th placing, 12th placing, and 11th place. Sorry, 12th placing. So he's had an 11th and two 12ths in the last three years. Is that going to cut it? What do you think? I don't know. Well, you're the man to give us an insight on this. Did you play under coaches that were under the pump, G-Man, when you were... Oh, I think every coach is under the pump, and it's always a case of uh, probably the tip of the iceberg is what we're seeing behind closed doors. The thing with Buckley, though, is... <laughs> he just completely... You just dismissed my iceberg theory. You didn't give it... You just melted it in a heartbeat. Please, give me some credibility that sorry, the iceberg... Sorry, go back to the iceberg. Sorry, did you want anyone else's opinion on this, Chris, or you... Yeah, exactly. You asked for it, and then you ploughed the title. Titanic right through it and you didn't fucking sink. All right, continue your journey, please. Oh, mate, we'll have to come back but to you the and ice Buckley place. at the bow of the Titanic, <laughs> arm in arm. I like it. Please continue. Well, the hard thing with Nathan Buckley is he was a captain of Collingwood, team of the century, seven time All Australian, Correct. Brownlow medalist, six time Collingwood best and fairest. Yes. How do you get rid of a guy who's such a legend of the club? He say, see you later, you're not a very good coach. Mm. But would it, is Eddie prepared to do that? Well, I'm not sure, because I'd imagine that if you're at the bow of the Titanic in the arms of Nathan Buckley, then Eddie Maguire is also standing behind you. So inadvertently, you've found yourself in two, three ways in this show already. Yes, yes, it's not going well. Well, well, it could be going well. (laughs) Who's to say it's not going well? Well... In all seriousness, let's let's talk about it genuinely. Yep. If he doesn't finish in the finals this year, there's got to be some serious questioning, doesn't it? Well, if he doesn't finish in the finals this year, that's four years in a row at Collingwood not making the finals. I don't think you can go on. And he's only contracted to the end of 2017, so... Yeah. Time for change. I think he's given himself a deadline, boys. He's come out and said at the start of this year, or at the end of last year, that if they don't make the finals in 2017, that he'll... Step aside. Well, that's interesting. Nathan Buckley said that he'll sack himself as coach if they don't perform. Is that right? Yeah, that's it. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he's come out and said that. Yeah, But, but that's well. actually not a bad way to go. That in some ways takes the pressure off you. And that puts the ball out there saying, you know what, if I can't get the job done, I'll yep. step away. So I actually think that's a smart move. I'm not sure if I'd use the, the term deadline, but he's certainly in control of his destiny coming into this season. What do you think, Christopher? Oh, sorry, Justin. Go well, ahead. I think he's bought himself a little bit more time than Damien mm. Hardwick. Chris, you come out and said that uh, Hardwick could be sacked after the, the long weekend buy, split yes. round or whatever, about round nine. Yep. And I think Buckley has at least bought himself to the end of the season by saying, hey, if I can't get the job done by September, then I'll step aside. Well, I think Buckley will last the rest of the year, but... I'm interrupting you yes. here. I want to hear you tell me, you think Buckley's going to go the distance. He will not be sacked in 2017. Buckley will go the distance. He's a club legend. They'll be in the hunt for the finals. They won't make it. He'll be removed at the end of the year. So let's clarify for our listeners. He said, and this being your brother, Chris said, Justin, that Hardwick would be sacked by... Round nine. Round nine. Buckley is going to go the distance. I'm writing this down. Hardwick, (laughs) round nine, and Buckley is going to go the distance. What about your other opponent there in Hinkley? Ken Hinkley. Oh, this is a big one, boys. Oh, he's turned the page. I've turned the page. I've turned the page. Ken Hinkley, coach of the Port Adelaide Football Club, has coached for four seasons and a lot like Buckley, had some good experience early. Uh, some good success early, sorry. He finished 7th and 5th in his first two years, but the last two years he has been outside of the 8. Mm-hmm. If they do not make the 8 this year, he will be gone. 
Okay, and that is that Koshi coming down really hard on him? <laughs> well, they might turf Koshi out as well. But uh, only thing is, with Port Adelaide, though, they do have Hinkley contracted until the end of 2018. So okay. if they do make a move early, that's going to cost them because they're going to have to pay that contract out. And I think a lot of AFL teams have learnt from previous experience and the experience of others to say that it's just not worthwhile. Is it really worth your while? Unless it's completely and utterly treacherous... Would you get rid of a Ken Hinckley before his contract's up? The guy's got to be earning in excess of $400,000 a year, you'd imagine. That's money down the drain. Yep. Make a prediction. Does he go the distance? Right, I've got my prediction ready to go. Please, what is it? Yep. All right, my prediction. uh, Port will miss the eight and Hinckley will be sacked in the last six weeks of the season. (laughs) Okay, so give us a round. Round 20... The last six weeks. Is, last, uh, oh, just a, a ballpark, a, a blanket. Last six weeks. I like yep. it. Last six weeks. All right. Well, I was going to get to this in my little segment, but I'm going to throw it open to you now. I watched on Channel 7 just the other night, just the other night being the other night that I was watching the television, <laughs> of course. It's always hard for a, a podcast <laughs> listener to know when the last time they was watching something the other night. But Channel 7 News, what about this for a, a, a treacherous setup? Brendan Bolton doing a live on street sort of live piece to camera feel good story about how Carlton are going to be okay this year. They're going to be okay. <laughs> and please don't sound any alarm bells. We'll stick with our corporate speak. It was very awkward. It was disjointed. I didn't like it. It made me feel a little bit worried about the future at the Blues. Talking about Jacob Wiedering. Don't panic. We're going to develop him in the either end of the ground. For me, it said everything about panicking. Now, what, what do you think? Is he going to go the distance this year? When I, when I was having a look at the coaches that were under the pump, I can honestly say that Bolton was one of those. And I don't think it's all his fault. I think poor old Soss keeps bringing him in a whole heap of guys from GWS. Can you let the bloke actually pick some players up from the draft <laughs> other than Sydney? Well, people wouldn't know that our producers just poked his phone in there to say that we've already been going 10 minutes on this particular subject. Let's get a recap. Round nine, Hardwick, gone. Bolton... Bolton. Well, I didn't. I, I'm not prepared to make a, a call. Oh, make Bolton a call. Yet. Well, how many coaches can I single out at, at already? Make I'm, a call. You've got Hardwick after round nine. Buckley's going to go the distance, but get the end of uh, the short straw at the end of the year. Hinkley in the last six weeks. You're getting more and more wishy-washy <laughs> as you go along. Say something definitive about Bolton. Bolton will last the year out. He'll last the year out. Now, a message from our sponsor. Qantas, providing you with air hostesses that hate your guts. Welcome back to the last line of defence where Chris Nelson has just gone up against Nathan Buckley, Ken Hinckley in a three-way to remember. And Brendan Bolton. And Brendan Bolton. And, well, (laughs) throw them all in. Why not? He also touched on Damien Hardwick, quite literally. He's a bit strange like that. The second opponent across the fullback line of truth on this particular podcast is mine for the taking and I want to look at pre-season posturing. But before I do, gentlemen, have you heard about the interesting turn of events for the female grand final? Do you know what's happening there? I do believe that they don't have a time set for the grand final so far. Well, they don't have a time, they don't have a ground. Yeah, right. And I love this quote. This is my favourite quote thus far from 2017. comes from Beck Goddard, who is, of course... Brendan Goddard's sister. Good try. She's the coach of the Adelaide (laughs) women's football team. I like that. This is what she said. Quite seriously, you could play us on the nature strip out on Punt Road and we'd be okay with it. 
That's how excited we are to be part of something so professional. I love it. I don't quite see how those two comments fit hand in glove. Let's hear it again. Quite seriously, you could play us on the nature strip out on Punt Road and we'd be okay with it. That's how excited we are to be part of something so professional. So folks, if you are driving down Punt Road this particular weekend, please drop it down to 40. It's a 40 zone. There are going to be girls out there playing footy, having a bit of a kick, and they're just damn excited to be part of something so professional. I think that'll be great. But well, no, let's hope they find a ground. Well, I think they will find a ground. They might go to Skinner Reserve in, in Braybrook. Yes, that I've, I have played at Skinner Reserve. I'll tell you what, you know you're alive when you're playing at Skinner Reserve, <laughs> let me tell you. You also know you're alive when it's pre-season and everyone's posturing about their club, the media are clamouring to write stories and everyone's being outrageous in their statements. And as I mentioned through your segment, Chris, that interview that I saw with Brendan Bolton, that just sent alarm bells to me that the Carlton Football Club's already bracing for a very tough 2017. What are your thoughts, both of you two gentlemen, on pre-season posturing? What are, you, what are you noticing? Well, it's interesting with the coaches. I think they don't have a choice but to come out and be positive. But behind closed doors, there must be a realistic goal there for the coaches. You, if you're Stephen Silvani, if, if you're the people behind the scenes at Carlton, you can't expect Brendan Bolton to win a premiership this year. Well, you mightn't expect it, but I'm, I'm just concerned that, you know, the, the, the precedent's already set when we're in, in late throes of March and your club's already saying, hey, can you please be patient with us? Can you please tolerate what's going to happen? Your number one player being Jacob Wiedering, we, we're going to try and develop him at either end of the ground. That's all Lockie Henderson bulk for Geelong. Yep. I'd like to see Jacob Wiedering left at centre-half back, or even better, if you can find a way to be creative and get him on a half-back flank so he's got a little less pressure, and let him just take over the game from there and develop as the champion player that he should be in that regard. What are you thinking? Well, don't you admire Brendan Bolton's honesty at this time of year? We're always going on about the dishonesty and the media talk and the, the player talk and the coach talk, the processes and the structures. He's come out and been honest and said, hey, we're not going to be that good. Did he well, say that? Did he well, say he that didn't they say weren't he, going to no, be that No, he didn't good. say he was going to not be that good. He just kind of said, please be patient. Yeah, that's right. That's literally saying that you're not going to be that good, isn't it? Can't right, you admire so you, that sort of honesty? So you've met a young lady. You're, you've mm-hmm. been out on the town. You've met a young lady and you've taken her back to your house and you say to her, listen, look, can you please be patient? Can you please be patient with me tonight? What's really going to go through I'm not her that mind? Good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to be thinking, this isn't going to be the night of my life. She'll probably put the firecrackers away and um, just allow you to just maybe play out your own role. What, what do you want Brendan Bolton to say? Oh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not targeting Brendan Bolton here. I'm targeting pre-season posturing. You've got a whole lot of different journalists out there saying this team's going to be great, this team's going to be poor. I mean, you're both St Kilda supporters. Have you seen anything you like, anything you dislike about your team that you're so passionate about? Well, that's what keeps us St Kilda supporters up and going, G-Man, is that uh, possibility that we could play off in a grand final or even be premiers. All right, so let's be really honest with the audience. It's 8.32pm here on Monday the 20th of March at the Mez Mez Cafe in Williamstown. Thanks to Armin for having us along again. (laughs) Hey, what are you going to tell me at 8.32pm here at the Mesmes Cafe is going to be the, the, the strong point, the upshot of the Kilda season? What are you feeling? Tell We're going me. to make the eight. That's what's going to happen. You're going to make the eight. Come on, give me something more than that. That's a wish. I could say that about Carlton. We're going yeah, to make the eight. Give us something more than that. You could, well, you could say that about Carlton, but it's not going to happen. I believe St Kilda will make the eight. Okay, on basis of what? Oh, I think they could make the six. 
You're going to make the six. Better. No, you could make the six. All right, so what... what where do you think St Kilda's going to finish? Well, I have absolutely no idea. I've got an interest in the St Kilda Football Club in the sense of Hugh Goddard, a friend of mine, plays for the St Kilda Football Club. I'd like to see Hugh have a good season. There are some also some other players there who I have relationships with and I think they're decent human beings and good, good to very good to excellent footballers. I'm not really crit- critiquing them and their football ability, but I like them as people. Uh, Nick Rewald, I think he's proved to be an absolute champion of the yep. game um, for the way he goes about his business on and off field. Not that I know him terribly well, but... I'm interested in a supporter's point of view. I've given you my kind of Carlton take, and that is, <gasps> I'm nervous. But yep. what about a St Kilda supporter's point of view? Justin? Well, I, I can tell you, moving away from St Kilda, I can tell you what I think of all this pre-season posture, mm-hmm. and I touched on it a few weeks ago when the GWS flogged the West Coast Eagles down at Narandra, and the media went nuts and said that GWS was going to win three flags since uh, in the next sort of uh, five to six seasons, and I think it's all bullshit, boys. The pre-season means nothing. Pre-season form isn't good form. You just have to wait until Ooh. the season starts. Now, that's, that's worth recording. If anyone out there is uh, into their football, let's just get that as a quote. Jay Nelson said, pre-season form isn't good form. Correct. And on that note, let's hear from our sponsor. Subway, the most disappointing six inches you've ever had. Welcome back to the last line of defence where we have tackled a few opponents already, but we've got one big opponent to tackle and that is free agency and the man for the job is one Jay Nelson, sir. Ah, boys, I'm, I'm excited. If I don't get excited, things don't go well for me, so I've got to get <laughs> excited. Uh, I wanted to touch on free agency, and I've called it a bit of a review, I suppose, and I, I know like you it. lads are into your American sport big time and free agency's a yes. big thing over there. But free agency was first touched on in the AFL in 2010, came into play at the end of the 2012 season, and Mick Malthouse, God loving took aim at the AFL Players Association saying they were kidding themselves over free agency which would create a huge league of haves and have-nots. And I would Mm. like to say that I think free agency has been a great success. Mick claimed at the time that it was going to create some sort of English Premier League where we only have two or three sides vying for the Premiership. That's not the case. I think it's been great for the game and I wanted to get your take on it and I thought we could review it here on the last line of defence. Well, once again, you've come correct with a whole heap of notes, but I'm going to ask you one simple question to test your research ability. Who was the first free agent of note? The first free agent of note, I have no idea. I'm going to take a guess, say Gary Ablett. You're going to say Gary Ablett? No, Gary Ablett wasn't a free agent. He was allowed to go to another club under the expansion rules. Expansion rules. Yes. Okay. G-Man, who was it? I have no idea. Absolutely no idea. I've just, <laughs> your segment. Your, your segment. It's your yeah. opponent. Oh, I'm sorry. We I'm can't sorry, keep I'm... giving you a chop out. We keep <laughs> floating across the front and the back of the pack and punching it away from your opponent. We want you to go head to head. You've got a shitload of notes there in front so, of you. Gee, Say something. Well, I'd just like to apologise to everyone at home. I'm sorry I didn't know the answer to that question. Uh, perhaps you'd like to ask me who the first player to leave a club was back in the early 1900s and play somewhere else. Maybe right. I could answer that one. Who was it? I've got no idea. <laughs> right, this is my segment. Stop derailing it, you both. No, we're not derailing You guys have it. a vested interest in my segment going off rails. You please. are the equivalent of the Werribee line. You are forever under repair. Now, get yourself back on track. Well, I wanted to say that we need to go one step further. What do you want to do? I want to make free agency more accessible to the club. So I think 
football needs to be something that goes 12 months of the year. Up until recent times, footy was boring. You played in the season and yep. that was it. I've called for earlier in the, the podcast that we have a, a mid-season draft or a bit more player movement. I think free agency should come down and we should make it four years or five years and then you become a free agent instead of eight to ten. I like the idea that you're, you've raised about the in-season drafts and so forth. So... Let's talk about that for a moment in terms of this free agency. Do you like the idea of just the one mid-season draft or should there be a pre-season or even like a pre-finals? Can you imagine a team <laughs> up in the ante, you know, six weeks out from the finals? They, they're able to draft someone in or get an acquired player under their salary cap that's maybe left the game for 12 months. What do you think? Was, was free agency talked about when you were in your career, Glenn, or not? Well, it was spoken of because, as was mentioned by uh, Justin earlier, you know, the, the whole American scheme of things has been in place for some time, and, and most athletes like to cross-pollinate and enjoy other sports and whatnot, and so we were well aware of how it played out in American sports, um, but there was no real, I think, intention from anyone in my era to think that they were going to be able to play that kind of game. Yes, you could leave once your contract was up, and that became more prevalent towards the end of my career, but the idea that you were a genuine free agent, you were going to test the waters and, and sort of push the market around and see what your value was, or even jump ship mid-year. That was never thought yep. of. Well, the thing that I can remember, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Justin, but and you as well, Glenn, I'm pretty sure that free agency was player-driven. The players wanted to have more control over Definitely. their own contracts. And at the end of the day, the players are always going to have a fair amount of say because if they crack the shits and say, well, we're not happy and we have a, a lockout like we've had in American sports, then there's going to be some trouble. So I really don't... Uh, I think it's up to the players at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I just think it's been a great success. You... you Mick Malthouse came out and said that it was the bottom sides that were going to suffer, the mm -hmm. Melbournes, the Western Bulldogs at that time. But we've had an era of the most amount of player movement with trades and free agency. And 2013, the Western Bulldogs finished near the bottom of the ladder. But you look, they're premiers now, mm. and they would have been one of those sides that Mick considered were going to not reap the benefits of free agency. So, yeah. Um, oh, well, just on that, why do you think Tom Boyd was so keen to go to the Western Bulldogs? Was it purely about money? Could he see something in the bigger picture there? Because he's the equivalent, if you like, of a free agent pickup, isn't he, really? I mean, he, he jumped ship, if you will, and, and left uh, GWS to come back to, to Melbourne. And it must be said, GWS... Were, and most clubs seem to be very generous in allowing their players to move. So I think that must be said, that the clubs try and accommodate the, the whim of the player, if you like, to, to a certain extent. Why, why do you think Boyd, given what you just said then, what did he see in the Western Bulldogs? I think he saw seven years and a million bucks a season, or was yeah. it five years and a million bucks a season? We debated this last week, whatever it is, but that, that sort so of... So you think it was purely the money? Oh, absolutely, yeah. You, you take yourself back to when you were playing, Glenn. If someone, an interstate club, had a, come into you and doubled or tripled your salary at the time you were playing at Carlton or Essendon, geez, you would have thought about it, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. Would you have gone? Oh, look at... Did you have any offers of course, from oh, other clubs? Yes, I had... Um, from memory, I think it was the... Uh, the Sydney Swans offered me, because you just mentioned treble salary, and I remember they did say I'd be getting treble the salary, so I was going to potentially earn as much as $12,000, which was just <laughs> staggering money back in the day. Yeah. So, you Can know, you even move to Sydney on with $12,000? Probably well, not enough to get probably you Probably not, but <laughs> in all seriousness, the funny you, thing, whenever I think about contracts, I think about my first ever contract with Essendon, and this is 100% legitimate. 
when it came time for the monies to be exchanged at the end of the year and documentation to be put across the desk, I kid you not, I actually owed the Essendon Football Club <laughs> money for my blazer and for my tie and associated materials. Yeah. So the game's come a long way. When I first played under-19s for Essendon, after every game, win, lose or draw, we got $15 cash in an envelope. <laughs> and I took that money and spent it on a record. So I can only imagine what Tom Boyd's did spending you, with his money. Did you ever think to yourself when you were out there playing Glenn, there was 80,000 people at the MCG, you're on 12 grand a year. Did you ever think, I wonder where all that money's going? I wonder who's getting all that. <laughs> no, look, you know what? The funny thing about the money uh, side of things is that whenever you start to feel like you were shortchanged, no pun intended, uh, in terms of your contract, you look at the guys and girls for that matter in, in terms of sport and society back in the day working just as hard as you did carrying you know, the loads of family and, and secondary jobs and so forth and realised that they were also getting paid an equivalent amount at the time. So yes, not everyone can be Tom Boyd and be making X amount of dollars. You really are playing the game for the, the privilege of playing. Yep. It is a wonderful game to step out on the MCG and have so many uh, adoring fans cheer for you and or against you. So you never lose sight of that. But are you bitter about not making the millions? Absolutely. 12 grand, <laughs> shit out. Uh, well, speaking of the millions, boys, and getting back to free trade, this year Please. is going to be the biggest year in free trade because... You mean free agency? Oh, free agency, I should say, yeah, sorry. Because we've got a increase in the total player payments this year, going up by 10% with the new TV rights deal. So mm -hmm. clubs will be able to spend more cash without having to offer offload any players or create salary cap mm. room, which spells a big, big uh, pay check for Dustin Martin and Nate Fife. I'll Ooh. tell you something that's interesting Good and that we're starting to see in all forms of sport is that players are negotiating into their contracts that if the salary cap goes up, then that player gets an increase in payments with the salary cap. So you may, you may sign a five-year, $5 million deal, but if the salary cap goes up, then that million dollars a year can go up as well. And I think it's really interesting to note that if you're a good manager and or an astute player, the way you structure your contract moving forward is going to be with the idea of that shift in TV, television yes. rights and media rights because if you can get out of your contract at just the right time, you're sitting pretty. Oh, absolutely. And have a look at some of the guys that are sitting pretty at the end of this season, boys. As mentioned, Dustin Martin, Nat Fife or Nate Fife, however you want to say it. We've got Tom Rockliffe who comes out of contract couldn't get traded anywhere, tried to offload himself at the end of last season, no one wanted him. We've all he... tried to offload ourselves. <laughs> yeah. um, Stevie Motlock can't string two good games together in a row, is going to be one of the, probably the most sought after players at the end of this year. Um, hats off to Luke Brewster, fantastic player, premiership player, but was involved in a bit of trade talk at the end of last year. Do you think he's not going to get to the end of this season and say, hey boys, you tried to offload me last year so that you could get the big boys in, I'm going to take a big pay deal. Um, Matty Cruiser, well, mm, he's held together by one. sticky tape, that bloke. He's going to get himself a massive deal at the end of this year if he wants it. Free agent. Uh, Grant Birchall, another premiership player, probably worth it. Jasper Pittard, not a bad player at Port Adelaide. Matt Prittis, 32, on the way out. G-Man, how old were you when you finished? I retired at 30, 31, essentially. Yep. Prittis is 32. But he's, that's contract. actually a really good one because what, this is an interesting one, and we're pushing time tonight, but it's well worth it. He's an interesting one. You'd invest money in a quality human being and a quality player, even if he is slightly on the decline, and I'm not suggesting he is, his value, that's really interesting. Imagine him around a group of young up-and-coming players. He could be a really important piece of the puzzle. Absolutely. And, and who's your last, last person there? Uh, David Zaharakis. 
Yeah, okay. so I, I don't know what, what he's worth on the open market, but all I'm saying, boys, is it's a good time to be a free agent. It's going to be chumps galore at the end of 2017 with mediocre players putting their hand up and moving on to other clubs. Speaking of mediocre, now for our sponsors. Diet Coke, giving fat people hope. Well, gentlemen, seldom does a siren sound without a word thereafter. Thus, let's turn to this week's mailbag. I know that we're pushing time, but I think our audience will enjoy listening to a couple of these questions that have come in. We mentioned earlier that Gary from Hopper's Crossing may have a question for us. Gazza. Gazza from Hopper's Crossing. I don't know why he keeps messaging me and then asking questions about you, well, that's fine. Know, Maybe you're hard to find on the, on the World Wide Web, mate. I don't know. The but, intranet. Uh, Gary from Hopper's Crossing, he's got a question for you, Glenn. Did you ever play with a hangover? Did I ever play with a hangover? Yes. No, I can sincerely say that I never played a game of football with a hangover. In fact, for my entire AFL career, I drank three beers. Three beers over the course of my entire career. That's a story for another time. Were they all in one night or ninety-five <laughs> premiership, mate? Did you they go were, on a bender, mate, and have two of those in one night? Or? No, I, I had a bit of a, a penchant for Sambuca and Volca at that stage. Um, a little bit of Russian in me, but um, no, Gary, it uh, was never a, a thing for me to um, drink before a game or have anything of that nature in the system. The funny thing is, I knew that a lot of the old school lesson guys who I grew up playing with and um, uh, enjoying time with, that that was part of their routine. Yep. My understanding, and uh, I'll certainly say this as it being my understanding only, was that Terry Danaher used to have a six-pack yep. before a game, the night before a game. Whether that's absolutely true or not, I'm not sure, but certainly times change. I couldn't have played that kind of six-pack the <laughs> night before. It was never going to happen. Well, there you go. Gary from Hopper's Crossing. He's insightful. has been answered. He's insightful. But I believe we've also got another question, but I've got no idea who from. Yes, from Nathaniel from Turak. Not Nathan, calls himself Nathaniel from Turak. I just, I've got to question this. We've got Gary from Hopper's Crossing <laughs> and Nathaniel from Turak. Yeah, this isn't we, made up, this we, question, no, is it? We appeal to all walks okay, of life. Okay, all right. Fine, okay. please. Thus is uh, how good the show is, mate. Okay, uh, but, uh, Nathaniel from Turak says that he doesn't think our sponsors are getting much value out of the ads. <laughs> now, I would just like to point out to Nathaniel from Turak that the ads are completely fictitious, you fucking moron. Okay? <laughs> all right, there is nothing real about them. We're taking the piss. We have no sponsors. All right? This is what we do to entertain ourselves. I'm pretty sure Nathaniel in Turak can't hear you over the fence of his... Uh, <laughs> three-bedroom penthouse. So, uh, Nathaniel, if you're listening, thank you for listening. And if my brother's offended you in any way, don't worry, I'll punch him. And if you're listening to this podcast, try not to get your head around a penthouse with a fence that damn high <laughs> that he can't hear anything. It's a penthouse. It doesn't have a fence around it, okay? My God, something out of MC Escher right there. Gentlemen, we must end the program here, but we can continue the conversation electronically with those people listening. Folks, please visit our website, The Nelson Twins, and, of course, my GM website, iTunes, where you'll find The Last Line of Defence. It's a free download, and don't forget to continue to stalk us and share your mailbag questions, just like Gary and Nathaniel. The Last Line of Defence Facebook page and or Instagram is a good place to find us. The music starts to fade up, of course. Thank you to our producer, Nate, behind the scenes. Gentlemen, time for goodbyes. Yes. Yeah. Goodbye. See you next week, Glenn. See you next week, Justin. Uh, you called me Glenn. 
Ah, yes, yes. Sorry, G-Man. A lot of people, well, a lot of people have been questioning the whole G-Man thing, so I was just a little bit taken you're aback. Like, you're like a superhero, the G-Man. No, I don't know about that <laughs> yes. at all. No, but thank you to Armin down at Mez oh, Mez Cafe. God. Let Ferguson it go, Street. let it go. <laughs> Final words, sir? Yeah, see you all next week, gents. No, oh, I love it. Music fading up, and remember, the backline is the backbone.